Okay, I guess this is what we're doing for Halloween. Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Shit, the family-friendly, wait, no, it's the fuck not, all-inclusive, get-the-fuck-out podcast. Boo, bitch. Boo. So, it's Halloween, happy Halloween, happy spooky times, happy spoopy times, all, all the goodness, all the candy, all the costumes, uh, lots of fun interesting shit going on uh i don't i originally had a guest that was supposed to be over a few hours ago uh boy had to cancel we'll reschedule that do something but uh for this episode i i had a plan and now i'm just gonna fucking wing it so Fucking, what the fuck? Okay. Uh, yeah, gonna wing it. So, I guess th- there are a few topics that I can go over uh, for Halloween. And one of one of the favorite topics that I want to do, and I'm going to start this off kind of lighthearted, is shit people do <laughs> to be scary on Halloween and shit people do with costumes to be ironic. Now, I still think... To this day, the best costume I have ever worn was when I was working at a fast food establishment. And I got to celebrate Halloween there. I will not name said fast food establishment I worked for. I will specify that it was not McDonald's. Now, this was hilarious. (laughs) I went... To work that day, uh, well, a week or so beforehand, I'd ask my manager about it to make sure it was okay that I'd do it. But uh, I had a friend that worked for McDonald's, and uh, I, I said, hey, you wouldn't happen to be working on Halloween, would you? And the guy was like, maybe why? And I was like, I wanted to know if we could swap uniforms. And we couldn't, because his store wouldn't allow it, because McDonald's is whatever. Uh, but he had an extra. So at the fast food establishment I was working at for Halloween, I dressed up as a McDonald's employee. <laughs> ah, I will still never get over it. It was the funniest thing. I walked. Everybody thought it was the greatest fuck. <laughs> Like I had a I had a coworker that dressed as Walmart as a Halloween costume and that was funny. And he was like, Oh, fuck it, you win. I, I ain't ever topping that. And like to this day I don't think anybody's ever gonna top that for a fucking fast food restaurant on a Halloween costume. It was so fucking funny. To no amount. And, like, I had customers that would just walk in, and I would be like, thank you for ordering with McDonald's today. And they'd be like, wait, I'm not at a, oh, that's clever. And I'd have people that just didn't notice, or I'd have people that, like, walk in, and they're like, am I in the right place? (laughs) It was just great. And all of my coworkers were super into it. So, I mean, there's stuff like that, you know. Like, if you work at a Walmart, dress as a Target employee. See, See how long you can get away with that. It, you know, if you, uh, 
God, I don't know any other companies. If you work at Nintendo, dress as a PlayStation employee. I want to see how well that goes over. Also, if you work at Nintendo, talk to me, please. I'd like an in. But another thing that's really fun that people tend to do on Halloween, and I don't, I don't advocate doing it because I felt bad the one time I went and did it, but uh, Halloween pranks. And I don't mean Halloween pranks like, you know, you go and egg somebody's house or you throw toilet paper so it looks like ghosts and shit. I, I'm talking about, like, planned, safe, for the most part, pranks that you play to scare people on Halloween. And then you're nice and you give people candy and shit like that. Um, I, Well, I guess not, not just that, but for the most part. So I had a family friend growing up when I was in Halloween. Well, not growing up, but, well, yeah, growing up. I guess it just kind of carried over when I moved. But uh, every year, without fail, they do something cool with decorations and then one year uh i walked up and there was just a guy sitting there and i was like hey dude that I, I know it's you but but man kept trying he he kept making me like he didn't move he didn't breathe in nothing so i went and grabbed a piece of candy out of the bowl he was holding and boo that didn't get me but what was funny is i did it for a long while that year uh i just sat outside as a decoration sometimes i'd hide in the bushes sometimes i'd sit over in the corner i'd stand up and act like a a moving fucking decoration and it was great getting you know people to scream but i think to like the best of my ability i was like 12 i was like fucking 12 that year and to, to the best of my ability i remember these like 16 17 year old high school students on like their last year of fucking trick-or-treating walked up to the door and uh, they knocked on the door, and I, I, I planned this out. I, like, I waited for them to knock on the door when I wasn't supposed to, and the guy that owned the house was really confused, so he got up, and he walked to the door, and he was like, oh, hey, what's up? And I walked behind this couple, and I just go, you want some candy? And fucking the girl screams. I never, ever... Could have topped that in a million years. I made somebody five years fucking older than me in high school when I was a fucking 12-year-old shit their pants almost. It was fucking great. And, you know, when you can when you can do that and not, like, you know, and be safe with it. And I gave him candy, obviously. We sent them on their way. Everything was fine. And those are the kinds of things that I'd recommend you guys do. Be safe. Be smart. Don't, you know this that or the other be very very careful also if you ever do go trick-or-treating make sure that you know you're in a group watch your kids very carefully you never know what kind of fucked asshole is out there but uh a prank that i pulled and i felt super bad about it was i dressed in all black with this very very like prominent demon mask and i would like find very like busy areas and i would just fucking lie there for like 50 minutes like a dead body and i'd wait for people to pass by and i'd grab somebody's ankle i do not recommend doing this this got me in so much trouble after a while but like i would do it you know i'd be like hey gotcha you know every once in a while they'd laugh or do you know how 
fucking inappropriate that is. You should fucking really be. And, you know, you, you'd get that. But I, the one reason I would never recommend doing something like that is because I didn't know who I was grabbing. I didn't know what I was doing. I only saw feet. And there was, like, one one person. This is why I stopped it that night. I grabbed an old lady. And I felt so bad. This old lady was so scared. Ah, oh, it, 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 like, it was funny. But it hurt my heart at the same time. Like, because I didn't, I didn't want to, like, cause this old lady to have a heart attack or something. So, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be scary, make sure you know what you're doing and that you're not gonna, you know, kill somebody. Do not kill people over a prank. It's not worth it. Be smart. Like, Halloween's about having fun and being spoopy and, you know, all the creeps and crawls, and I get that. But, you know, like, be safe. <sighs> anyway. Now, now that we've transitioned into uh, this section of, hey, we're going to be scary. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about uh, is fear itself. Uh, fear is a very subjective thing to a lot of people. And... For the most part, it really is. Like, everybody has different fears. Everybody, you know, like, there is only one common fear shared amongst all human beings, and that is the fear of the unknown. And, you know, at a million people and a half can argue that they're not scared of the unknown. I could argue that I'm not scared of the unknown. But, like, deep down primally, we if we don't know what's going to happen, it does instill fear. At least a little bit into us. And uh, I remember doing a project in senior year on fear. And I never got to talk about it as extensively as I could have or wanted to because it was a project. I had to work on it. And that's never fun. But, uh, so one of the main things that like I found super interesting about fear is uh corruption it, it, if you corrupt things as a person they just become scarier like it it's insane to think about what this that or the other is because when you get there i'm making no sense so Children aren't scared of much. Like, right? Like, they're not scared of much on face level. Like, they're, obviously, they're scared of the unknown and the dark and all that or whatever. But, like, they aren't scared of a whole lot of what goes on around them. You know, a new person might spook them or, you know, not knowing where they are. But if you put a toy in front of their face or a TV show or, you know... God forbid a book, they're not going to be horrified. If you sing a song in front of them, they're not going to be horrified. And one thing that I really loved about this like project I did was I took nursery rhymes. And now, you know, we all know nursery rhymes. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. To be these super fun, childish little things that are super amusing to do in the moment. You know, um... I guess it's not really like a nursery rhyme, but it is and it isn't. It's also a song. 
But uh, London Bridge is Falling Down is a really good classic one, you know. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. But, you know, that that's something from our childhood. That's something that we all can remember, and it's part of our innocence. A lot of nursery rhymes are very innocent in nature. I mean, granted, there are a bunch of them that are, like, you know, based off of really horrible, horrible, horrible events that I have no reason to believe why they are nursery rhymes. But they're still made to be sung in innocence. Um, but, you know... When you have a group of children and you put reverb on it over silence or over a dissonant, it it fucks with your brain in ways that aren't natural, and that's why we find it scary. Whenever you hear something that is unnatural or what, you know, it's hard to describe, but essentially, like, if you were to hear that in a scary way, the reason why it's scary isn't because it's scary in itself, but because your brain connects that, like, object, song, idea, concept, whatever, with innocence still. Like, when you learned it, what was burned into your head was burned there while there was innocence still in your mind and so for that to show up in a totally different way that is completely foreign to how you viewed it then while your innocence is no longer there to protect it 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 fucks with your brain in the most subtle of ways that it makes it foreign again and that foreignicity is what causes you to be unnerved it's an unknown feeling in something that you know. It's a corruption. And that is one of the greatest fears and one of the greatest ways to play on fear is to set up something familiar, something comforting, and then to inject that unknown factor into it to destroy the the layer of innocence and protection you have. Uh, another thing that I remember from that project specifically was talking about um, the difference between smooth and warm versus cold and jagged. Um, for some reason, like, nature isn't very... Ow. I don't know if my mic picked that up, but somebody just roared past, and I hear I can hear that in my studio. Jesus Christ. But, like, nature is very imperfect, right? It doesn't have all 90-degree angles and sharp, straight edges. It's very rounded and, you know, crumbly and soft, quote-unquote. You know, a lot of things are rounded and it's got vibrant colors and a lot of warmth to it. Um, and those are things that make us feel comfort, comfort in nature those are things that we find comforting for whatever reason just based on our biology and how we interact with them but when we're put in something cold metallic jagged flat straightened whatever you want to say our, our brain doesn't register it like comfort because it's not natural it's again another corruption of innocence 
but this time it's a primal. It just all comes back to that one, one like thing. And that is corruption of innocence by injecting unknown or unfamiliar substance into it. Uh, and I was reading a story. Well, I wasn't really reading it because I don't like I love to read, but I don't have the time to read anymore. So I listen to a lot of stuff. But I was listening to. I guess you could call it a creepypasta. It's. Besides the point. I was listening to this scary story. Um, I think it was called Carbon River. And it's about um, this group of five girls that go out to Mount Rainier Park. And they encounter a Wendigo. Uh, For those unfamiliar with a Wendigo, it is a... uh, I want to say Native American, but Indian? Tribal? I don't know the appropriate word like to use every once in a while because I've met with people that find each one differently. Um, I like using the term Native American. Uh, If that's wrong, please correct me. But uh, it is a mythos in their culture as a creature... um, and there are different like accounts of it, but it's supposed to be this tall, gangly, pale monster with supposedly glowing orange eyes that seeks out and feasts upon solely and only human flesh. And it is always hungry. But Wendigos in certain aspects are also supposed to be inspired by cannibalism and they're supposed to be the souls of people that went mad because they had to resort to cannibalism. And there's a whole lot more to it. Uh, I would look up on it. But this this creepypasta went into finding one, not like the actual mythos behind it. Um, but near the end of that story, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, let's just say a bunch of people die. Because, you know, that happens in every creepypasta. It's not really a spoiler. But there's this one scene where uh, it reads out that at the very end when there's, like, one person left or a few people left. I'm not going to spoil anything. There, there was one line where it was, like, and it sits there. And she sits there. And the snow howls on, presenting a white very quiet mocking serenity and it it's one of those things that just like it tore into me in a way that not many horror stories do i i've been so wrapped up in horror stories and all that kind of stuff since i was a little kid like i've loved the idea of scary stories and so when when i see the you know the carbon copy stuff and all the you know stereotypicals you know, this thing murders, or this thing is here being scary, or this is a monster that eats children or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, that's kind of scary and whatever. But something about the word serenity in this particular, like, context really made me think. Serenity in itself is supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be touching and 
moving and inspirational and calm. But in it of itself, serenity can be very, very scary. Especially if you're not like somebody that's at peace with themselves. Being in a state of serenity can be very worrying because you're used to activity. You're used to stuff going on. You're used to vibrant, chaotic masses of energy. And, you know, whether that be good energy, bad energy, scary energy, positive energy, sad energy, mad energy, whatever you want to, you know, view as the day-to-day life, if you're in a complete serenity, it can almost be completely terrifying because you're not used to it. It's this absolute silence that you're not ready for and when it's something that you're not foreign (laughs) like that sorry if that spooked a bunch of people um but when you're not ready for it it sneaks up on you it's unnerving uh i i make it akin to when your parents are late coming home in the middle of the night and you're left alone for like the first or second time as a kid like it's it's very interesting because you'll like turn the tvs off and be waiting Or you'll get bored and you'll just kind of like sit around and you won't notice it at first. You'll just be like, oh, yeah, minding my own business. And then you'll like think and you'll be like, my parents aren't home yet. My guardians aren't home yet. I'm in this space where I'm supposed to feel safe and comfortable. And everything is quiet and calm and lit up and safe. But you get this very, very unnerved feeling because things are calm. They're quiet. They're not moving. It, it becomes another corruption of innocence. And I, I, I swear to God that is going to be where I come back to on a lot of this. But it really is like a really big point of fear is innocence. And I, I cannot understate that enough. Uh, another story I was reading is, you know, all about dreams and nightmares. And to some extent, I think they're intertwined. I don't think you can have a dream without having a nightmare follow and vice versa. I mean, obviously, you know, like, that's not true. You, you can have multiple dreams in a row or multiple nightmares in a row and this, that, or the other. But I think that the state of your subconscious is always trying to like sort out your thoughts and your like chakras or energies spiritually and so when you have a nightmare it's your body trying to expel all of the bad energy that you've been experiencing and when you have a good dream it's because you're overstimulated and over positive and you need to you know mild it out and so i think that your subconscious in itself is tied into this state of wanting to balance itself out and so when you sleep and you dream and you have all of these vivid pictures in your head it's just one conglomerate of everything you could ever want and i don't know if anybody's tried to lucid dream before there are ways to make yourself do it um but it's the easiest way to learn how 
how fast your subconscious can get out of control. Um, I've never personally done it because of uh, how lucid dream, how getting to a lucid dream state without naturally being a lucid dreamer um, affects you. And I'll, I'll get into that here in just a second. But on multiple accounts, you know, I've heard stories after stories of, you know, lucid dreamers being able to do anything they want in a lucid dream. You know, they wake up right where they were and then they can turn the entire world that they know into a complete fantasy. But on the other hand of that, and this is where I've been, I have never, I have lucid dreamed quote unquote once. And it lasted for about two seconds because of the danger of how I tried to do it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, there is a way to comatose yourself. I'm going to put a big asterisk warning. Do not. Do not. Try this. If you have any form of anxiety... Any form of anxiety. I would never, ever recommend doing this if you have any form of anxiety. That includes night terrors, constant nightmares, sleep deprivation, anything. Anything that can put you on nerve. You know, if you're on medication, if you have anxiety. Like, even if you have depression or anger issues, do not try this. I would not recommend it. Unless you have somebody there in the same room that you can fall asleep next to that can pull you out of it, do not try this. But for those of you who don't know, there is a way to lull yourself into a state of sleep um, and still be technically awake. Um, I don't recall the exact way that you're supposed to do it, but essentially what you want to do is you want to lie down, make sure that it's absolutely silent, Whatever you have to do, you want to lie down and you want to let your body go numb while keeping your eyes open. And then right as you're about to feel the point of exhaustion, you want to close your eyes and let sleep both take over you just enough to where you feel like you're right about to fall asleep. And then you want to open your eyes again. And this is where the problem comes in. Anybody that has anxiety, anybody that has night terrors, anything like that, this is immediately going to trigger you because you are still going to be consciously awake while your body is physically asleep. And this is what we know in medical terms as sleep paralysis. And if anybody has ever experienced it, it is a horrible thing. It is a very, very scary thing being unable to move your body. And that's what it is, is you are sitting there asleep and awake at the same time. But because you're asleep, you are unable to move your body. If you have the common sense to be able to use what you're doing to your knowledge and assure yourself that you are asleep and you do everything you know that you're supposed to, uh, you can lull your state down and make it to where your brain or whatever can do this. I, I have heard it, it has worked before, and that is a good way to do it. 
but it is also very dangerous to people that have these disorders and everything. But if if you're able to do this and you do have a nightmare, it can be very catastrophic and waking up from it, it can be very scary. Was there a point to this? I don't remember. I ate 39 of them in three days. Okay, Game Grimm's reference aside. Um... I don't know where I want to go with the rest of this. I had another topic and I almost forgot what it was. Um, shit. Oh, uh, I guess I can bring this up again. Inktober is coming up to an end. Uh, the art that I've seen this year has been over ecstatically, like, amazing. It, it has given me so much inspiration. Uh, I went out and bought a pumpkin for the first time in three years and I intend on carving it tomorrow uh, I want to do King Boo King Boo is one of my favorite characters in all of Mario obviously he made his appearance in Luigi's Mansion which Luigi's Mansion 3 is coming out Halloween uh, and if you want uh, I will link in the description of this podcast when I upload it hopefully and uh, wherever I link, I will be, hopefully, live streaming Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Nintendo Switch Live. Uh, so come join if it's up there and available. Uh, if it's not up yet, the link will work eventually. Just check back every once in a while. Come have fun. I'll be live streaming for a while, I think. It'll be a fun time. I will be uh, dressed up as Yami Bakura from Yu-Gi-Oh! But, uh, yeah, so, you know, come ask questions, come hang out, have a good old time. Can't wait to carve my pumpkin. It'll be so cool. Uh, I haven't carved a pumpkin in three years. Last time I carved a pumpkin, I, uh, did the, uh, Hylian Crest, or whatever you want to call it. The Dragon, the Skyloft, and the Triforce in it. Freehand. I, I, I drew it freehand and then carved it. It was super fun. So I'm hoping I can uh, continue to have fun with that. I'm also going to make a few drinks. I have a couple in mind that uh, I'm not going to talk about because I don't want anyone to steal my ideas until I, I have them ready. But uh, it should be really fun. It should be really cool. I have a job interview tomorrow, which will hopefully go well. Hopefully I, uh, I get something there. My current job is a, a nightmare as it is. Funny enough, we're in October season and everything's a nightmare. But yeah, uh, I'm super, I'm super excited for this Halloween. It should be great, and then November will come around, and it's the last month I have with my current roommates. And then I'll get a new roommate in December, and hopefully by 2020, I will be releasing steady flow of content while also working. Uh, that's the goal. And while we're on topics unrelated, uh, I want to shout out my man Jansen. He did the art for this podcast. I try to shout him out every time as I can right now. I think season one is just going to be the Jansen season where I, I throw his name out there and tell people to go check him out. 
he does a lot of cool artist stuff. He he writes. He does poetry. He's super cool guy. He does commissions for Ari as well. If you want to go talk to him, check him out. He's known as Germs the Artist and Jansen Nichols. He, he's amazing. I will never stop shouting this man out. Uh, he's just a really nice guy. I, I've known him for a while now, and I, I can't thank him enough for doing what he's done for me. Monster Energy. <sighs> Hashtag not spawn. But, I mean, Monster, if you want to sponsor me, uh, hit me up in the DMs. So, moving on to some scary personal stories. Uh, paranormal things have always interested me, and I've definitely had my fair share of them in the years. I remember one time in... God, I want to say it was the 7th grade. Was the 7th grade or the 8th grade? Because I was in middle school. I don't remember when it was, but I was hanging out with a bunch of kids from one of the local high schools. And we went out to this small little forest area. And we carved a Ouija board into the trunk of a tree. Um, and it was, it was like nothing I had ever experienced in my life. We, we sat there and, you know, the thing moved, it spelled out a few things that we didn't quite understand. And then we kind of just like walked out and explored the woods and we all got lost for like a day. And we, apparently one of the guys went home and I didn't know this until like a week later. And we were all like worried fucking sick, like nobody knew where this fucking guy was like we we didn't talk about it It was in the middle of summer so we we didn't talk to anybody about it or say anything we were super worried and then just one day he showed up at the mall and we were like what the fuck dude so needless to say that was that was fun uh don't fuck with ouija boards if you don't know what you're doing there there's a lot of rules to being a uh a trained ouija kind of person uh, I know them. I'm not. I'm not going to like spout out the 20-page long list of fucking Ouija rules. Just do your research. Be safe. Don't fuck with spirits you don't want to fuck with. You know. Um. Then I remember just just the other day, I was walking past. Well, I guess it wasn't the other day. I guess it was last year, almost. It was like nine months ago 10 it was in december of 2018 i uh i passed a gas station and just like i felt this horrible horrible like just weird energy down like the back of my spine and then uh like hours later i i like i was scrolling through facebook and Somebody that lived, like, a block down, apparently, like, they were telling me that everything in their house shut off for, like, ten minutes and then came back on. It was the weirdest shit. I, I had never, like, oh, it was just creepy. And shit like that. Um, Something I, I had talked to about somebody that was way more spiritual than I am. 
was from like the time I was, I want to say 14 until just recent. Uh, there was a phenomenon that I had, I had never, ever, ever like figured out. But uh, I've been near death like three, four, five times in my life. And I've been in dangerous situations, you know, a bunch of times. Um, but there were there were two times in my adolescence. I mean, I guess I'm still in my own. But there were two times in my adolescence while I was in high school where I was almost hit by lightning. Um, I was like a block away from one lightning bolt. Like it, it made my hair stand up on edge uh, this one time. And in the corner, like, in the corner of my eye, after, like, all of this happened, I just see this weird shadowy figure just in the corner of my eye. And then I turn, and he's gone. And it's it's shit like this, and it would happen almost every time. I almost got ran over by a car once while I was walking my girlfriend at the time home. And she, you know, she was worried and all that kind of stuff. And she hugged me, and then, like, I turn around start walking with her back to her house and in the corner of my eye I see this tall shadowy figure and it it, like I had never in my life like ever figured it out and then last roommate I had when I uh lived with her while working at my fast food establishment I don't remember what what the conversation was but at one point she had mentioned that every once in a while she would sleep and wake up just seeing this shadow in the corner of her room. And I was like, huh, the way you're describing this sounds a lot like the apparitions I see every time I'm near death. And that was just that. We never talked about it again, and, you know, I moved out, whatever. And then I had a friend whose mom was super spiritual, like I'm I'm talking like massively spiritual like Wicca all that kind of stuff and I asked her about it and she had told me that there are many things that that could be but out of anything that she thought it would be it was probably a guardian spirit it's the universe's way of having a watch on me to make sure that if I wasn't okay, they could find some way to protect you. And now that I am an adult and I have more ways of protecting myself and, you know, like being more reasonable, I'm not going to say that I'm more reasonable as like a whole, but I'm definitely more reasonable than I was when I was a teenager. I, I have... I have yet to see that figure in a long time. And I wonder if that's why, you know, like maybe it was just trying to protect me when I couldn't protect myself or I didn't know any better or I was being oblivious and not aware of, you know, life and myself and all of that. So it, it it's things like that that I, I always, like, I turn to on Halloween and around this time of year where I just, like, I reflect on all of the weird, funky stuff that seems scary at first, but once you look at it, isn't really. And maybe maybe one of these days I'll write a story about it because I, I've had a lot 
to do with it. But I thought I'd share that story in specific because it, it's been something that's with, been with me for six, seven years now. And it's just crazy. Every time I've been near death, that thing has shown up. I haven't been near death in a while. Boo, bitch. Uh, anyway, I have been William Harvale, and this has been Let's Talk Shit. Listen, if you want to support this podcast, subscribe to it wherever you're listening to, but most importantly, share it around with people. I want people to hear this, look it up. Right now, I'm on Spotify and Anchor. I'm working hard on getting to other places. I'm, I'm trying. I really am. Hopefully, I can get everything sorted out to make sure this episode is, is on as many platforms as it needs to be. Oh, excuse me. Listen, if you want to send me questions for uh, other episodes that I'm going to do self-hosted, you can uh, send them to my Twitter, at WilliamHRVL, or you can email me. I said this one wrong in the last episode, but it's uh, WilliamHRVLOfficial at gmail.com. But if you want to hook me up with some questions or send me a story, uh, even if it's anonymous, you know, you can just put, hey, don't say my name. I won't say your name. Don't worry about it. You Gucci. I got you, fam. That, that, that pumpkin carving secrets between you and me. If you got a problem with your ex, let me know. I'll, I'll sort them out. Uh, well, actually, if you, if you have a problem with your ex, let me sort it out right now. Break up. Don't actually. Also, I'm sorry if that hurt all of your ears. No, I'm fucking not. Anyway, this has been Let's Talk Shit. Now remember, I'm not your mom. But if I'm your distant uncle, third time removed, don't talk to me. I'm not coming to your Christmas reunion. What the fuck?